Let's pray. Father, we just thank you for your word. Thank you, Lord, that it's quick, it's powerful, and it's sharp. Lord God, it never returns void, but accomplishes what you sent it for. So this morning we just pray for our hearts, Lord, that we would just have them open to you to receive whatever it is you have for us, Lord, individually, us as a body, us as a church, Father God. Uh, just pray, Father, that you just give us the ears of the wise, Father God, and the lips of the learned, Lord, in Jesus' name. Amen. Alrighty. Can I look at an interesting passage today that sort of seems mean <laughs> at first when you read it? But there's some amazing truths in it for us about what God has for us and, and how we often underrate uh, the things that God has. Now, I was thinking about this story uh, and I was thinking about, this is going to relate, don't worry, somehow. If it doesn't, who cares? Remember we were kids, I don't know if, if you'd ever had this time in your kids when your parents all of a sudden got this amazing revelation that you should be eating dinner at the table. Yeah? <laughs> Anyone have that? We had that as parents, me and Jay, sometimes. You'd like be, you know, living your life and I swear that um, sometimes at night time, you know how women sort of wake up at odd times and worrying about things? Men who know that, women who know that. And it's sort of like they blink open eyes and they worry about things and then they start saying, oh, we need to do this, we need to do that. I reckon that's a trick. I was thinking about that. Because you're so tired as a bloke, you're like, what? And they're like, we should do this. And you're like, yeah, yeah, because you just want to go back to sleep. Meanwhile, they got their iPhone out recording it. <laughs> so they got the proof for it. Anyway, because <laughs> I was imagining my mum and dad, because we, they're here today, so they can correct the story later because I'm going to lie for sure. Um, embellish, embellish is a word. But I was thinking about, I wonder what it was like for them, because we were sort of a, how would you put it, unruly mob as kids. We were good kids, but boy, we were a bit wild, you know. Like, I just remember, like, even in the lounge room at home, we'd be jumping on the cushions. So, as part of what we did, oh, let's play high jump. So, we put all the cushions from the lounge on the floor, and next minute we're playing high jump in the, the middle of the lounge. And I'm like, how did mum put up with us? Seriously. Once she got pulled over by the police because um, we were in the car and we were being so noisy and she was like speeding down Bagot Road. <laughs> anyway, the cops pulled her over and apparently the story goes that she was in tears. Oh, but look, my kids. And he goes, bad luck. <laughs> Didn't care at all. But I just remember how we used to annoy my mum. And, um, but anyway, they must have got these amazing ideas, sometimes bright ideas. Oh, you know, Sue, we're, we just need to connect more with the kids or something like that, you know. They, they seem out of touch or... You know, mum be like, oh, it'd be so good to have family time around the table, wouldn't it, to be hearing all the kids' stories and stuff. And, and so the plan was hatched. We're going to have dinner around the table. We, we, we've hatched this plan before. It doesn't always work well. Anyway, so the plan's hatched, and it's like, okay, let's have dinner around the table. So they tell us kids, right, tonight we're having kids around, oh, sorry, dinner around the table. And we're like, huh? <laughs> no, nah, we did eat there a bit, but there were certainly times when we just never ate at the table, and then all of a sudden this new rule came in. It may as well have been them saying, tonight we're learning a new language, because we didn't know anything about it. Because, you know, there's rules around the table? Did anyone know that? Yeah? Things like this. So you're sitting at the table, and all of a sudden, from this rabble that you were, you're meant to be these polite, wonderful people, and I don't know if, like, maybe the Queen was going to visit one day, so they had to, 
you know, set us up for in case she came, we'd know exactly what to do. So the knives go on the right, the forks go on the left, and the dessert spoon here, and, and you're just like, huh? <laughs> dessert? No, um, but there, these things happen. And, and then there'd be the other rules like, don't put your elbows on the table. And you're like, okay. <laughs> don't put, and then keep your hands to the side while you're eating. So you're eating like this. You know what I mean? It's just really crazy. And other rules too are like, you think you're there to connect, and so, you know, let's get together and we're going to connect, and all of a sudden there's these rules, don't laugh at the table. You're like, what? <laughs> don't laugh at the table. And of course, as soon as that rule comes in, what happens? Something's really funny to your kids, and you do something stupid, and you get the giggles, and then you all start giggling, and then you just get in more and more trouble because you're laughing at the table. So this amazing time that we're meant to get together and fellowship and, you know, hear about the kids all of a sudden becomes like a prison or something where there's all these rules and regulations. And then here's the final one. Uh, now, before you leave the table, you have to say this. Can I please be excused? <laughs> oh, dear. Meanwhile, every other time you've eaten, you just do whatever you want. But all of a sudden, there's this rule that society must follow, you know please, may I be excused? And then it was like, you'd have to wait there. And of course, there's the pregnant pause because they don't want to give permission too quickly in case you think it's all right to just get up and leave. It's like, well, have you finished all your greens? <laughs> <laughs> yes, <laughs> sorry. <laughs> finished all my greens. Okay, well, then you can go. Make sure you pick up your plate and put it in the sink. And so this whole ritual goes. And then, of course, there was one other rule, which was don't feed the pets, right? under the table, but I'm sure they loved Brussels sprouts. They, <laughs> they were waiting for me to give my Brussels sprouts to them, and so that was one of the rules is that, you know, we'd all eat, and you know how your dogs and that sit there, like, with that wistful look and make you feel really guilty, um, or like I said, you just don't really like what you're eating, so you just sort of throw it under the table and hope it gets eaten. Well, out of that <laughs> whole story is that the pets actually got fed something, Something different, something better than what they normally have. So they'd normally get pal or something, dry food, some canned food. And so while you're eating as kids, you'd be passing them bits of steak, you know what I mean, and, and nice stuff. And they'd be under there enjoying part of that meal. And so this, this is um, relating to what I want to talk about today because there's a story about a, a lady that um, Jesus did something for, but in the whole story, it seems like it's really hard that, that, that Jesus didn't really want to do it, but he did want to do it. He was trying to, to show people that, you know, even the tiniest bit of God's goodness can do amazing things in your life. And there's some things that, that are pointed out through this scripture that will really apply to us, things about how we feel, whether we're worthy or not of God, um, well, if we're not, what are the excuses why I don't receive from God? But the story talks about um, Jesus visiting a certain region. So we'll, we'll read it and I'll talk a little bit about the little dogs in here because it does sound really, really mean when you read it. Excuse me. So the reason Jesus is going out here is probably because he's trying to escape the Pharisees at the time. There's a region that they didn't normally go to. So Jesus went out from there, wherever there was, and departed to the region of Tyre and Sidon. 
And behold, a woman of Canaan came from that region and cried to him, saying, Have mercy on me, O Lord, son of David. My daughter is severely demon-possessed. So he's come to this place where there's a woman that is a Canaanite or descended from the Canaanites. So back in the Old Testament, when Moses led the people out of the, um, Egypt into the Promised Land, sorry, Joshua led them into the Promised Land, Moses led them through the wilderness to that point, um, they had to drive out the Canaanites who were in there. Um, and so this woman was a direct descendant of them. They were the enemies of God, basically. So that put that into perspective. This woman is not one of the chosen all right, so let's keep going. But he answered her, not a word. Now, that's pretty rude, right? Has anyone ever been not answered? Or not answered anyone? How frustrating is it? You know, like when you come and you're asking a question and they just don't answer. So she's crying out to him and he didn't answer. She said, hey, my daughter's got a demon, I'm not answering you, is what he basically didn't say. I'm not answering, he just didn't answer. And his disciples came and urged him, saying, send her away, for she cries out after us. But he answered them and said, I was not sent except to the lost sheep of the house of Israel. Then she came and worshipped him, saying, Lord, help me. So now what's happening is, not only is Jesus not answering her, but she's bugging the disciples. And they're saying, can you tell her to go away, Jesus? Now, there's two ways that they look at it. One was that they were saying, can you just do what she asked and then tell her to go away? Or they might have just been totally annoyed by her. You ever had those people in your life that just really annoy you? Stop looking left and right, guys. <laughs> Everyone's looking at me, what? <laughs> but they're saying, look, send her away. Just get rid of her. But he answered and said, I wasn't sent except to the lost sheep of the house of Israel. What does that mean? Jesus' mission was primarily to the Jewish nation. Okay, he came and that was the whole point. He came and his job was to, to bring back the lost sheep of Israel, which most likely means the lost sheep, the whole of the nation of Israel, and reconcile them back to God because they were lost. And so the mission that Jesus was sent to do was actually work amongst them and he even told the disciples, look, don't spend a lot of time with the Gentiles or anything like that because our work is to actually do something in the nation of Israel. So he's basically saying, this is what I was sent to do, is work amongst the Jewish nation. She obviously heard that, but she came and worshipped him saying, Lord, help me. Next slide, please. But he answered and said, it's not good to take the children's bread and throw it to the little dogs. And she said, yes, Lord, yet even the little dogs eat the crumbs which fall from their master's table. Then Jesus answered and said to her, O woman, great is your faith, let it be to you as you desire. And her daughter was healed from that very hour. Now, I don't know about you, but sometimes you read through the Bible and you, and you, you see things and you're just like, that seems really harsh. Does that seem harsh to you? Like if I... If I uh, you know, talk to you and I said, oh, hey, you're a little dog. It wouldn't be something that you'd take to heart as something beautiful, would it? You know, but the context here is really important. Apparently, there's no swear words in the Jewish language. They just don't have one in, in the old Hebrew. Interesting. So the worst thing that they could call someone is a dog. But this is not the context here. So it would be back in the days, they would say the Gentile dogs, which was meaning they're outside of God's promise and they're not as good as. But what this is referring to is something that happened 
at the tables in Greek households. Now, the lady who, even though she was a Canaanite, apparently was also descended from the Greek. And so what would happen is as they ate around the table, they would eat with their hands. So the children would eat with their hands. They'd grab the food, a bit like us when mum and dad said, sit at the table and eat. And um, they'd eat and then they'd have all stuff on their hands. So what they had was bread. And they'd rub the bread in their hands to get rid of all the juices and grease and stuff like that at the table. And what would happen is some of the crumbs would fall down and the dogs would eat it. So understanding that context, he was like, yeah, it's not actually being mean, but what Jesus was saying, no, this is what I've come to do. I've come to minister to the Jewish nation right now, but there was something still in it for her, and Jesus knew that she was going to get it. We've got to remember right through this whole story that Jesus does nothing without purpose. He wasn't trying to be mean. He knew what the outcome would be here. He was very astute and wise, He knew his mission, but what he wanted to show in this case was that even to those that weren't part of the family, the house of Israel, there was still a blessing and a flow. And I guess this is a bit of a precursor to what was come with us. It's like we've been adopted into this family of faith as the sons and daughters of Abraham, and we've been taken out from being alienated from God, and now we're brought into the kingdom. And Jesus knew what would happen. So, what did she say back? She said, yes, Lord, even the little dogs eat the crumbs which fall from their master's table. Now, that's interesting because she had suffered a whole lot of uh, blockages to Jesus doing something for her right now, hadn't she? You think about it. And think about it in terms of your life because often we think that we're not good enough for God. We're outside of what God wants. I don't know if you've ever heard that, that it's like, yeah, God's favour is not on you. Maybe God doesn't really like you. You're not part of God's plan. And that's exactly what this woman was basically being told here. First of all, there's no answer. And often we take no answer as being a no from God. But this woman at the end of the story was called a woman of great faith because I'm going to just talk about these oppositions to her receiving what God had through that story But she was a woman of great faith and Jesus knew that the demonstration that she gave would show the disciples his heart for other people, not just the Jewish nation. And in fact, there's only two people in the Bible that Jesus called of great faith. Both of them were not Jewish. One was the Roman centurion who came on behalf of uh, his servant's daughter. The other one here is this lady who also came on behalf of someone else. We'll talk about that a bit later. But the opposition that she faced was this. Number one, there was no answer. How many times have you prayed and you think, oh, there's no answer, God's obviously not interested. God's not going to do what I've asked because I hear nothing. But God is at work performing things behind the scenes, things that you will not ever see, but he's already at work. Secondly, how many times have you received opposition from someone else saying, just go away. You heard the term God botherer? Have you ever heard that? Yeah? Have you ever been called that? I hope so. Let's be one of those people that bothers God. Truly, we never bother God. But we do bother other Christians around us sometimes, don't we? It's like, oh, they're always asking for this. They're always whatever. Just, can you go away? 
Can't you see God's not going to do it? You've been asking for this long. God's not going to do it. God's not going to perform it. Well, other people will come and say, no, God's teaching you a lesson. God's trying to, whatever it might be, things that will pull down your faith. This Samaritan woman, that's the second hurdle that she was facing. People were trying to pull her faith down. Just go away. Stop bothering God. And maybe that's even been you in the past, where you've just come to this point, oh, maybe God's just not interested. I'm going to stop bothering him. Or maybe sometimes you think, this is so small, why would God even care? Why would God even care about this situation, this part of my life? I'm just not going to bother him. I know people think that way. But God looks at everything in your life and he loves to give you good gifts. Just with Joe over the last few months, there's just been a couple of times where she said, I can't believe it, God has given me this. I just mentioned it and all of a sudden it came into my life. God loves to surprise you with beautiful things that meet even your smallest need. So secondly, there was the opposition from the people And then there was this sense of maybe it doesn't belong to me. God's promises don't belong to me. So we start to go, well, maybe I'm not part of God's plan. Maybe everyone else has got a purpose. Maybe God's got a plan for everyone else. Maybe he wants to do things for other people because... When I come to church, I look at my life and I'm like, I'm not as spiritual as them. I can't pray as good as them. They know more about the Bible than I know. And so our hearts sometimes get discouraged, doesn't it? That that we think that, well, maybe God doesn't care because I'm not good enough. I know I've felt that barrier sometimes in my life. You know, when when you're thinking, oh, I've done the wrong thing by you, God, maybe you're just going to not do anything for me for a while to show me a lesson, to teach me what I've done wrong. It's another barrier that this woman faced. She faced, first of all, the silence. God, are you there? Are you working? She faced opposition of people pulling her down and saying, can you just go away and leave God alone? He's got enough to worry about without worrying about your little stuff. Now, this woman's stuff was big. But isn't that often how we feel with our life? Like, we'll go to school, we've got a problem with a person at school, and we're like, we never pray about it. Come on, start praying. Kids, hook into this power that's available to you. When there's things at school, oh, God doesn't care about my exams. I've studied the best I could, but pray about it. Pray about it. Get God involved, whatever it might be in your life, the little things that you know God needs to do something for you. Make sure you don't listen to that opposition. So we've got those things that are are opposing her getting what she wants. But this woman showed amazing, amazing faith, which is what Jesus commended at the end. And Jesus showed, showed that, that's actually a saying even about the little dogs and the bread. 
And she was so smart. She was so astute. She was so filled with faith that she had an answer for Jesus. And she said, yes, Lord, but even the little dogs gather the crumbs under the table. Isn't it amazing that this woman who had faced so much opposition still pushed in towards God, still believed that even if this tiniest little bit of the food that Jesus had could be hers, that everything would be well, that her daughter would be healed. And the truth is, as we read this story, the daughter was healed. From that very moment when she pushed through and she said, do you know what, God, I don't care, I'm not looking for anything big from you, but I know that even the smallest bit of your goodness is enough to change my life forever. And when we understand that, we, 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 don't, we don't have to worry about God looking after us, we don't have to worry about him wanting to do things in our life to heal us, to set us free, to give us faith, to give us confidence, to destroy the work of the enemy in our life. We don't have to worry because just that little crumb of God's goodness is enough to set a man free. Just that little bit of faith to say, yes, Lord, I know who you are. You are God. You can do immeasurably above all that I ask and think. And I believe Jesus said this, though, I am the bread of life. And this is the abundance that we have as Christians. We are not gathered under a table waiting for a crumb to fall, but we are living in the house of God, sat at his table, and he is the bread for us. We are not just given this one little piece of God's goodness. We have been given his son, Jesus Christ, who died for us so that we could be set free. Amen. Salvation in the name of Jesus. Wholeness, wellness, soundness of mind. Prosperity, those things. You look up that word, sozo. You have a look at the fullness of that word. Salvation is not just a trip to heaven. Salvation is living in heaven now and letting God work in your life right now. And so often, we have faced exactly the same opposition, haven't we, in life? Where, where we thought, God is a thought, thought that God's not listening but he's listening. Sometimes he's just wanting you to push through and this woman showed amazing things. First of all, she showed, showed patience. She didn't walk away, she waited, she kept around, she showed perseverance. She kept pushing into God, not running away, not thinking that just because I haven't got it now means that I'll never have it. She knew who Jesus was. The stories of Jesus, don't forget, had, had spread around the regions. And she'd heard what Christ can do. And maybe you're sitting there today and you're like, I've heard the testimony of that person, that person, that person. And those stories are amazing, but what about my life? God wants to do something for you. He wants to perform a miracle. He wants you to push into him though and know that you can believe and you can trust in him. So she had patience, she persevered and she worshipped. In fact, when she was told it's not for you, she worshipped. She worshipped Jesus and fell at his feet. And that's a heart that we want to have when we're believing for things from God. Jesus said when you pray, believe that you already have the things that you pray for. 
and it twists our mind because we're like, how can I believe for something I don't have? But Jesus said, you've got to understand the things in this world, they're, they're temporal. The things in this world that you can see, they're subject to change. But the word of God is eternal and doesn't change. And so that's why we pray with the confidence and boldness and we push into God and we sometimes declare things that be not as though they were because we are acting just like God. We are not God, but we are acting like him and we look at situations and we begin to call those things to, that be not as though they were. What's your need? And that's what thankfulness does. That's what worship does. I thank you, God, that I have everything I need. And you know you're in lack right now. But faith requires us to speak beyond the circumstance. Faith requires us to step out and grab hold of the things of the future and bring them to the present reality. Faith is the substance of things that we hope for, the evidence of the things that we do not see right now. But faith brings it into reality in our life. And so that's what we want to do. We want to make sure that we are patient, we persevere, and we worship God. Even though we do not see it right now, it is already ours through Jesus Christ. So, what are we going to do about it? I'm going to open up this morning the front for people believing for something that might have recognised in that list there the things that, that came against that lady. Maybe you haven't heard God. Maybe people have been telling you, go away. Maybe you felt like you're not worthy of what God has for you. And so the promise is put off because you're not understanding that it's Christ who makes you worthy. It's not you. You see, the crumbs are for you. But more than that, you get to eat the bread. There is abundance for those who believe. So I'm going to open up this morning as, as the worship team comes. And what I want is anyone who just feels that way, just come up now. <laughs> God wants to meet a need. So don't hold back. Whatever it is, don't hold back. Wouldn't it be horrible if you were, perhaps this morning you could see yourself like that woman, but that opposition came and you're like, ah, oh, okay, I'm going to go home. My daughter is going to be exactly the way she is today. Maybe there's a situation in your life, you're like, well, maybe I should go forward, but there's all these things in your mind, oh, maybe this, maybe that, whatever it might be, and, and I'm putting out right now a call, come forward for prayer. Don't miss out this morning because you didn't push through. I can't promise you anything, but I can promise I can believe for what God wants in your life. And God wants you to eat from his goodness this morning. And so I'm going to encourage you, if that's you, don't hold back today. I want you to come up here. 
and I want you to get prayer for whatever it is. We'll get Naomi up the front to pray as well. Shannon. Steve. Amelia. Matt's playing. He can't be there. And I'll pray as well. And what we want to do is just really pray that God will break through in your life. If that's you, no one comes, no one comes. But maybe this morning is an opportunity for God to do something that you've been waiting for for a long time. Perhaps if you just push forward today, God might meet that need in an unexpected way. But in any case, God wants you to eat and be satisfied. Father, we just thank you this morning for your goodness. Lord, I just pray that, Father, for anyone who's coming up the front now, Lord, even right now, prepare something for them, Lord, that they might just have a taste of your goodness this morning, that they would taste and see that the Lord is good. Father, just prepare hearts now, Lord, for anyone who's hesitant or worried about coming forward this morning, that, it, that there's something that's stopping them, that, that you need to break. Lord Jesus, break it this morning that they might come and receive a blessing from you. Just one other prayer we're going to pray this morning. Perhaps you've never received Jesus as your personal saviour. and Perhaps one of the barriers is this, I'm not good enough. If that's you this morning, I'm just telling you right now, you never will be, so stop waiting. Receive Jesus now, because today is the day of salvation. He wants to forgive you of all that sin. He wants you to make you right. He wants to make the not good enough perfect in Christ Jesus. If that's you this morning, I'm just going to pray this prayer. You just pray along with me and you talk to a friend fill out a card on the back it says I made a commitment to Jesus to Christ you can tick that or come up the front and I'll pray with you but if that's you this morning I just want you to pray with me and ask Jesus into your life today Father God I thank you that you love me so much you sent Jesus Lord I recognise I'm not good enough but God I just want that relationship with you this morning, I'm just asking you to forgive me of my sin of not believing in your son, Jesus. Today, I give my life to you. Forgive me and set me free. From this day on, I want to live for you. Come and live in me. In Jesus' name.